Okay, well, this morning, I want to share a new topic, a new um, uh, area that I want to go into today. If there is time, I may conclude it today, but I don't want to rush. I want to give God time to speak. The title of the word I want to share this morning is called Tarry. Turn to the person next to you and say, Tarry. Tarry. We'll get into the meaning of that word. But let me just quickly pray, and then I will continue. So, Father, we thank you once again. Lord, I commit this time into your hands. Father, we pray that, Lord, that you will speak through me as I share your word, and you will touch the hearts of all those who are hearing your word. Draw us closer to you, and let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. So, Terry, we will look at the meaning and definition of that shortly. But if you're believing God for a breakthrough, if you're believing God for an answer to prayer, you're believing God to perform a miracle, some kind of supernatural intervention in your life, then this word relates to you. Now, for many of us, there is something that we're believing God to do. There is some intervention that we want God to have in our lives. That goes for every single one of us that is here. And I said, the word that I want to share today is a word that is of major significance when it comes to how God moves in our lives and the way that he wants to move. And that is the word called tarry. And because of time, I just go straight into what the word tarry means, because it's mentioned many times in the Bible. Tarrying, interestingly, is a word that has the same meaning, but at times it's used in different contexts within the word, and we'll go into that shortly. But let me quickly explain what the word to tarry means. Tarry is a form of prayer, and it means to stay in prayer. It means to abide in prayer. It means to continue in prayer. I'm not talking about in prayer, I'm talking about in the presence of God. So it means to stay behind in God's presence. It means to stay in expectation or to wait in prayer in God's presence. It also means to delay. So sometimes when you're praying, God can delay things because God's timing is God's timing. It can mean to put off or to defer. And finally, as I said before, it means to remain or to stay. In the scripture in Psalm 101, it says, He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. In other words, he that tells lies will not remain in my sight. So tarry, as I said, has different uh, meanings to it depending on the context in which it is used. But for the word I'm sharing today, this word tarry in prayer or tarrying in God's presence is mainly going to be used in the context of remaining, staying in the presence of God, to hear from God. I'm going to read a portion of scripture from the book of Habakkuk, verse 2, chapter 2, verse 3. I'm reading from the King James Version. It says, For the vision 
is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Amen. So let me quickly break down what this scripture means. It's talking about if you have a vision. For the vision, it's for an appointed time. So if you have a vision, if you're believing God for something, let's say you're believing God for a family member to be saved, you're believing God for healing, you're believing God for a breakthrough. That vision that you're believing for is for an appointed time. And that time frame is in God's hands. Only God knows when he will intervene. But however long it takes, we are to trust God. And we are to wait in his presence. In other words, we are to tarry. We are to stay and remain in the presence of God in prayer. Because when he answers, the Bible says he will not tarry. Which means he will not delay. Which sounds like a contradiction, but it isn't. It's like this. For those of us who have children or mothers, when you've given birth, you go through the whole challenge of labor. And during the time of labor, it's a form of tarrying because you know that the end result is that the baby will come out. So you're tarrying in that process, going through the, lab the, the pain of labor. And at that point, those of you that you can remember, the pain is immense. But then when the baby eventually comes out and you're holding your child it's as though the pain never even existed in the first place it's as though the pain was never there and that is what it means when it comes to this tarry and this scripture it says wait in his presence let me go back to the scripture wait for it it says though it tarry though it delay wait for it because it will surely come god's answer in the way that god chooses to answer will surely come. And then it says, it will not tarry. It will not delay. So whatever you're facing right now, if there's one thing God wants you to do, is to tarry in prayer. Is to remain in God's presence in prayer. You know, this word tarry comes from the Greek word called tyra which, as I said before, means to stay. It means to remain in the presence of God. You know, when you tarry, when you remain in God's presence, it isn't necessarily a place. But what it is, it's a, it's a posture of the heart. It's an attitude that you have before God, which is totally by faith. You position yourself by faith to be in God's presence. For God to do something that you know only God can do. And I strongly believe that as we, in whatever situation that we're facing, as we tarry for the things of the kingdom of God and his righteousness, as the word says, God will attend to all our matters as we put the things of God first. So let's look at some scriptures. Tarrying is referenced in many places in the Bible. I want to focus on a few scriptures. Firstly, I'll look at, uh, let's go to Numbers 
Numbers chapter 22. I'm reading from verse 18 to 19. Again, this is all in the King James Version. The word tarry is mainly within the King James. From verse 18. Numbers chapter 22, verse 18, it says, And Balaam answered and said unto the servants of Balak, If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. Verse 19, Now therefore I pray, tarry ye also here this night, that I may know what the Lord will say unto me more. Tarry. He says, I pray you, tarry ye also here this night, that I may know what the Lord will say unto me more. You know, sometimes you forget that God actually wants to speak to us. There are things that God wants to say to us. There are things that God wants to communicate to us, which is completely for our benefit. You know, for example, if you, let's say for those of us who are working, if you receive a message from someone to say that the owner of the company you work for wants to say something to you, wants to share something with you, how would we respond? Most of the time, no one knows the owner of whichever company you work for. But if you receive the word from your manager to say the owner of the, of the company wants to speak to you, you'll be wondering, wow, what does he want to say? Why me? There's how many other people in the company? What, 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 what does he have to say to me? You probably wouldn't be able to work properly until you find out exactly what it is that he wanted to tell you. But how are we when it comes to God wanting to speak to us? Because I can guarantee you, every single day, God wants to speak to you. Every single day, there are things God wants to share with you. There are words, Melanie, that God wants to say to you. Nick, there are words that God wants to speak to you and share with you. And as we tarry and as we remain in the presence of God in prayer, as we position ourselves, that is when we allow ourselves to now hear, actually, what is God trying to say to me? In any situation that we face, what is God saying to me about my life, about what it is that he wants me to do? You know, in our home, one of the things that we encourage our children to do every single day is when they wake up, before you do anything, when your eyes are open, just begin to give thanks and speak to God and pray and commit your day into God's hands. Because only knows, God knows what's happening in that day ahead of you. You've woken up, which is first, uh, first and foremost, you need to give thanks. Because others have, have slept, and God forbid they didn't wake up. You know, one of our, our friends um, within our church told me that one of their relatives, their cousins, three or four weeks ago, only 21, went to sleep. In the morning, the mom went to wake, the, wake, wake him up for school. No, for, um, he's at university. I think he was on break from university. Went to wake him up to his room. He wasn't waking up. She was thinking, why is, look at the time, he should be up by now. Not knowing that he had passed away in his sleep. So in the morning, you wake up, your eyes open. We are thankful to God 
for the fact that he has protected. The Bible says, I think it's in Psalm 5, that we have slept and the God has woke, woken us up in safety. So we tell our children, every day you wake up, commit your day into his hands. Give thanks, but then give that day your day. Give it to him in prayer. You know, there's a psalm, it's Psalm 27. I'm sure we all know, know this psalm. I encourage you, whatever prayer that you're praying, do so. But add this to your prayer when you wake up in the morning. Psalm 27, from verse 1 to 10. said, the Lord is the light of my life, or my light of my salvation. So who, why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? This is the New Living Translation version. When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty wall surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I most seek, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when, he, when trouble comes. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing, and praising the Lord with music. Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Do not leave me. Or, or forsake me or abandon me. Oh, Lord, my salvation. Even if my mother and father abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me your way, oh, Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have arisen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would not have lost heart. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Then verse 14 says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Amen. Through the scripture, you have spoken God's word over your life. You have spoken God's word over your day, whatever is ahead, whatever's lying ahead, because the enemy has things lying ahead of you when you wake up today. There are things that the enemy has in store. But as you wake up and you pray these prayers, what is whatever prayers on your heart, you've committed your day into God's hands. And this is an example of tarrying, of staying in God's presence. The time isn't the issue, but it's the fact that you are positioning yourself to, to be in God's presence in prayer and you're committing your day into the hands of God. You know, this week we received some tragic news from one of Lynette's, um, uh, her cousin, that lives in America. A young lady, only the age of 21, we saw her last year. She came from America for um, an, another family member's wedding. Her and her four friends in America, they finished um, university for the day. We were just in, I think it's in California, just went out to have some food in the evening. Some guy driving his car lost control of the car. The guy crashed into car, cars that were stationary near them. But the force that in which that he crashed into those cars, those cars literally fell and crushed all of the girls, including my, my Lynette's cousin, to death. All four of them. 
all the same age, 21, died. This was just on Thursday. Absolutely tragic. Now, see, I don't know. I don't know if she was, is a Christian. I, I, I don't know. But maybe in a time, a time of prayer, like for us, when we pray in the morning, God may say to you, my son, my daughter, you may have planned to go here in the afternoon. But then you get a check when you're praying. Yeah, you know, maybe I shouldn't go to that place. As you're praying, because in the presence of God, God will speak to you. As you give time, as I said, tarry and you posture yourself. It's an attitude where you're now inclined to listen to what God is saying to you. So I don't know, maybe, maybe God may have spoken and said or warned her about not going to that place that day. I don't know. But for us, at times, and I'm sure many of us have been there, you've been praying. Maybe you've planned something. And then what you plan, you get a, some kind of check within you to say, nah, this thing, maybe I, I shouldn't do it. Or maybe you're on your way somewhere and you get this check, nah, maybe I shouldn't, I don't know what it is, I, I shouldn't go there. That is God's way of speaking to you. That is God communicating with you about something that maybe you shouldn't do because he knows what's ahead. You don't know. But when you position yourself to tarry in prayer, to hear from God, then God can speak to you. Go ahead, my son, do this. Or, mm, actually, maybe this I shouldn't do. Because he knows what lies ahead. To the scripture I read in Numbers, we should be like Balaam. The scripture said that Balaam tarried in God's presence. He said that he wanted to hear more of what God was saying. So he was already hearing from God. But he knew but by tarrying in God's presence that God will be able to speak to him even more than before. For some of us, it's not a case of even more. Because we do not tarry and spend time in God's presence, we don't even hear what God is saying. It's normally when we spend time maybe reading the word that God can speak back to us. But we need to give time and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us as we deliberately tarry in the presence of God. There's another scripture, 2 Samuel. I'm reading from verse 15, chapter 15, sorry, verse 28. It says, See, I will tarry in the plain of the wilderness until there come word from you to certify me. Again, the prophet Samuel is talking about staying. It says, I will tarry in the plain of the wilderness. In other words, he will stay, remain in God's presence within the wilderness, wilderness uh, situation, wilderness position, until God speaks to him. And it says, until there, until there come a word from you to certify me. Samuel wanted a word from God to give him confirmation as to what he should do. Now, I don't know about that. How many of us wait for God to give us confirmation for what we should do? In Proverbs, the Bible says that man plans, but God directs. Samuel was wise enough to commit his plans to God's hands and say, God, these are my plans, but I'm not going to action them unless you give confirmation that this is what I should do. 
is because Samuel had an attitude of tarrying in God's presence to listen and position himself to hear what God was saying. And I pray that for each one of us, we would uh, copy this, this, this habit of putting ourselves in a position to hear from him in prayer. So that same scripture, Samuel didn't want to leave God's presence until God spoke to him. So he remained in prayer. For some of us, instead, when we pray, we pray until prayer time is over in our mind. But Samuel stayed in prayer until he felt God spoke to him. That's an attitude I encourage us all to do. That at times when we pray, try not to put a time limit to it. I know we're all busy, we're all doing things, and I understand that. But sometimes when we're praying, in our own minds, the way that we pray, we have a time limit. And then when that time limit comes, we, we finish praying, maybe, and then we carry on doing what we're doing. But at the point where we've given that time limit and the time is up, at that point, God probably has a word to say to us. But then we decided prayer time's finished. And then we carry on doing what we're doing. But let's be like Samuel and tarry in his presence. He didn't want to leave until God spoke. And that is an attitude, it's a mindset that we need to adopt. Luke chapter 24, reading from verse 49, it says, And behold, in fact, no, let me go before that. Second Kings, sorry. Second Kings chapter 2, verse 2. He reads, And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. And look what Elisha said. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord lives, and as my soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. See, Elisha took Elijah's words as though God spoke to him directly. And this is because Elisha was in a position of tarrying. He stayed and remained to hear what God was saying. And he heard God speaking to him through Elijah, who said, tarry here, stay here. And his response was, as long as the Lord lives, as long as my soul lives, I will remain here. I will stay here. I will not leave you. Let's look at Luke chapter 24, reading from verse 49. It says, And behold, I sent the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem, unto ye be endued with power from on high. This is the famous scripture concerning the disciples. And how they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. They had an encounter. But the scripture said, but they had to tarry in the city of Jerusalem. That word tarry doesn't mean that they were walking and waiting around. But they were praying in the presence of God. And as they did so, they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit.
So this word to tarry, to stay and remain in God's presence, it is of major significance for all of us to adopt in our lives. In fact, when I'm looking into this, the word tarry in itself, in the King James Version, is used apparently 1,314 times in the Bible, in the, in the King James Version. And to put that into context, the word love in the same King James apparently is used only 310 times. Now we know love is an enormous factor. The greatest commandment involves us loving God with all our hearts, soul, mind, and strength, and loving our neighbors ourselves. But why would you think the word tarry is used even more so than love? Now, my, my thinking of this is because in order for us to get to a place where we can love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and love our neighbors ourselves, it's through tarrying, it's through remaining in God's presence and allowing the presence of God to minister to you, to get you to a place where you can truly love God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and truly love your neighbor as yourself. At times we say, we use the word love, but the actual true definition of love that we see in 1 Corinthians, how many of us can say that we truly demonstrate all of the fruits of love in our lives? Where we don't, as we tarry in God's presence, that is when we'll be able to function and demonstrate each of the components of love through the presence of God. I tell you, God's presence is amazing. When you put yourself in a position to be in God's presence, it's not even about time. It's not about a place. You know, some people that have light in their house, maybe have, they have a prayer room or something like that, or they... You know, they just have somewhere they can go away. That's nice. Those things are good. But not being funny, you can be on the road. A calamity is happening. Remember one time I've got this fascination with, with 9-11. I, I just, every documentary I've probably seen, every single one. Literally every single on YouTube, I've probably seen every single one. So whenever I see a new clip, I'm like, eh, okay, let me watch this. Every single one I'm sure that I've seen. And I've seen so many. There's, I'm saying this to say this. There was one clip that I saw of somebody that was just randomly um, playing their video when the first plane went into um, the uh, Twin Towers. One, I forgot which one it was. But when the first plane hit, hit the, the Twin Tower, and this guy was walking around just watching people's, just observing people's reactions, etc. And there was, a, there was a woman who was just totally lost it. She was just totally fanatical, but she kept on saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Kept on repeating the, the, the name Jesus. And see, people's reaction is very, it's interesting. Because in that kind of situation, you're thinking, what is going to happen? No one knew. And then fast forward about 20 minutes later, the building came crashing down. I'm saying this to say the way that people respond to situations that take place, a situation as, 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 as tragic as 9-11, we look at our heart condition. 
Sorry, one second. Por aquí sea. Amen. Okay, let me just move on from that. So let me read this. Genesis chapter 19. Our faith is central to Tarian. When it comes to positioning yourself in God's presence, your faith. The things that you believe of God is central to Tarian. Genesis chapter 19, I'm going to read from verse 2. It says, Lot asked the two visitors to Sodom. He said, to turn in, I implore you, into your servant's home and remain all night. That word remain all night means to tarry. It says, and wash your feet. And you shall get up early and go on your ways. It says, remain all night. Wash your feet and you shall get up early and go on your ways. Now this scripture is talking about being in a position where you stay in the presence of God the whole night. And see, I was meditating in this scripture. And I was thinking, it's not practical every single night to pray throughout the night. Obviously, you need, to, you need to sleep. You need to get up and do what you need to do. But see, the reason why in this scripture, it said, turn, it said I implore you into your servant's house, remain all night, wash your feet, get up early, and go on your way. If we as a lifestyle, let's say maybe once a week, was to put a day aside, to maybe have a time where you spend the night tarrying in God's presence, just hearing from God, remaining in his presence, to allow God to speak to you. I'm telling you, your life will be transformed. Because the things that God will speak to you about in that time will totally change and transform your life, let me tell you. It's amazing we can do other things, maybe for the whole night. I know some of us are a bit older now. But when we were younger, for some of us, I remember Jean-Marc, when he was younger, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, he would be shaking his waist in certain places. And then on Monday, he'll go to work. No sleep. Okay, no mind him. But some people, they'll go Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and they'll go to work. 
but just one night and your whole focus is just to hear from God, to remain in God's presence. I'm telling you, your life will be transformed. Can you imagine the things that God will be depositing and saying to you? You know, on Friday we had um, half-night prayer. I mean, that was three and a half hours. But I can tell you, in that, those three and a half hours, the things that God was depositing and speaking to for those who were there was life-changing. I'm telling you. Some of the young people were there. They received words from God, and I know that has made an impact within them because they were in an environment where God was able to speak. And they positioned themselves to hear what God was saying. And I want to encourage you. Listen, I know we're all busy. I know that there are agendas that we have. There are things that we are doing in order for us to navigate through this life, the challenges of life. And I understand all of that. But I want to encourage you to be deliberate, to tarry concerning the things of God. To tarry in God's presence. As I said, tarry means to wait. It means to remain. It means to stay. Now, the point I'm trying to make about 9-11 was that there were people in the midst of the chaos that came together and just started praying. In that moment, they were tarrying. In all the chaos, because people remember people were running from to and fro. Buildings collapsed or whatever. People were running. There was chaos. But people still had the sense to grab others. And they began to pray. And if you've watched any of these documentaries, there were miracles on that day. We know people died. Three, three and a half thousand or so people died. But people thought many more had died on that day. Just from the Twin Towers. Obviously, we know there were other attacks. But just from the Twin Towers collapsing. People thinking that maybe 20,000 people had died or so. But only 3,500 or so people died. And I believe that through the prayers of some of the people who were there and also people that were watching, you know, from overseas, wherever they were, they tarried in God's presence and God intervened. People that they know in the building that they should have died, they didn't. Some who were, were above the, the point of impact somehow managed to get down to the bottom and escape. Meanwhile, their colleagues weren't able to get to the bottom. The building collapsed and they died. My brothers and my sisters, I encourage you. Be deliberate to tarry in the presence of God. To remain in God's presence. Position yourself to hear when God speaks. Because God is always speaking. But unfortunately, for whatever reason, at times we're not always listening. I want us to bow our heads. I want us to pray right now. Thank you, Lord. So, Mel, if I can ask you to play the guitar, if that's okay. Thank you. I want you to just bring 
matters that have been on your heart before the Lord right now. Things that you know that have been weighing you down. Things that you know that have been strongly instilled in your heart. It doesn't have to be anything bad per se. But it's something that you know that has been strongly weighing on your heart. I want you to bring that thing or those things before the Lord. And I want you now to begin to tarry. Stay in the presence of God. Bring those things before him, but be expectant that God will answer in his time. Thank you, Lord. There's a scripture in Leviticus chapter 6, reading from verses 12 to 13, it says, Meanwhile, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. Each morning, the priest will add fresh wood to the, to the fire and arrange the burnt offering on it. He will then burn the fat of the peace offerings on it. Verse 13. Remember, the fire must be kept burning on the altar. At all times, it must never go out. Church, we are the priests. And our prayers are the fire on the altar. And the scripture says that we must keep the fire burning. The fire must never, never go out. So right now, begin to bring the things on your heart before the Lord. Increase the fire of your prayers. Bring it before him in faith so that the fire never goes out. Thank you, Lord God. 